This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to the mom room. I just recorded the whole introduction here, and I was using my laptop microphone. So let's just say I sounded like a robot. I probably still don't sound well because... I am still suffering with a sinus infection. Today is day 11 or 12 or 13. I can't remember exactly when it started because I did have like a sore throat for a day and then like a runny nose. But anyways, I'm trying antibiotics starting today because it could have potentially turned into a bacterial infection by now because it's been so long. So I'm going to go pick those up. Hopefully I feel better in a couple days because I just have no motivation I just want to lay my head down all day. You feel like you're walking through water. If I talk too much, I start coughing. Like, it's just so annoying. So hopefully I'm better soon, guys. Not to say that there's toxins in my nose, but you never know. I mean, that is probably one of the ways that we get toxins into our bodies by breathing them up our nose and into our mouths and obviously putting them on our skin and all the things. So... I wanted to have Dr. Wendy Trubo on the podcast because I find myself over the last few years making changes. For example, I'm totally against fragrances in the last about year or two. I can't stand them. And the last straw was my husband would always use those little scented beads that you put in the washing machine. And I couldn't stand it. And I finally told him one day, I'm like, these are going in the garbage. Like, I'm so sorry, but I can't stand it. Like, I couldn't even go near his clothes because it was such a strong smell. And we know now, like, fragrances are terrible. But if you think about it, it's like what we're putting on our skin day in and day out. Like, do you know what it is? The skin is the biggest organ. So we're just lathering stuff on ourselves all day. Chapstick, anything we're putting on our lips, we're like basically ingesting it. Yeah, what we're eating, what we're drinking, like I'm just being more mindful of these things and I'm slowly making changes in our home to just feel better. Dr. Wendy is the author of a book called Dirty Girl. That is the best title for a book. It is a firsthand journey to becoming toxin-free. She tells her own story about just feeling awful 
Clearly, she knew something was wrong, couldn't figure it out. She ended up going through an entire detoxification process and is obviously feeling so much better. This is what got her so interested in the area of functional medicine. She was an OBGYN which I find so fascinating. I swear, the more you start learning about this stuff, the more and more you just get so interested in it and you just want to learn more and more. And I can see where if you are a physician in one specific area and then you start to learn all this stuff and you have a personal experience of how much it made you feel better, you just want to you know, shout it from the rooftops and help as many people as you can. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. My goal was to not have it be overwhelming, but just get people thinking about, you know, the products that are in their home, the products that they're using in their everyday life. Take some notes and small changes have a big impact. I think that's what Dr. Wendy says in this episode. So without further ado, guys, please welcome Dr. Wendy Trubo to the mom room. Dr. Wendy Trubo, thank you for coming on The Mom Room. My pleasure. So my first question for you, you were trained as an OBGYN, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and so now you have a book out called Dirty Girl, which is the best title in the world. (laughs) I love it so much. So my question for you is, how did you go from what you were trained in, like being an OBGYN, to what you are doing now, which is being so heavily involved in toxins and that area? I would say there were two major things that happened. The first was that my husband's mentor, who was an old-time functional medicine doctor in the Boston area, he diagnosed me with celiac after I had been sick, looking back for 20 years. And that was my intro into functional medicine. And and my husband, two years later, opened up a functional medicine practice and after experiencing it and then seeing that we were doing it on a mass scale, I decided that that's who I wanted to be when I grew up and I was growing up. So I left traditional OBGYN and then only did gynecology for women in the office, gave up all surgery, all delivery, and did functional medicine. And then I did that for years, probably 13 years. And then in 2009, I hit the skids. Wait a minute. No, I'm, I've got my years wrong. In 2019, I hit the skids again. And I lost half the hair on my head and I gained a whole bunch of weight and my brain wasn't working and I was super fatigued and I had a rash and I was just messy. And the bottom line is that I had been exposed to lead when I went to France right after Notre Dame burned. I got a huge lead exposure and I was really sick. And that was the straw that broke my back. So if I had been cleaner going into Notre Dame, maybe I would have or wouldn't have noticed. I don't know. But I was just barely hanging on and I was perimenopausal and it was just a really bad combination. So I got extremely ill. And that had me realize that we're all getting deluged with toxins. It's like standing under a waterfall every day. And If we're not optimizing the excretion and the drainage in our gut and our life, then we can't handle exposures. But we always get exposures. I have two questions. The first one, what was your experience with celiac? Because so I talk about my digestion all the time on my platform. And I get so many messages from people being like, go get tested for celiac. Because I think oftentimes people think of celiac as you eat gluten and then you have diarrhea. But 
people are telling me in the DMs on Instagram that it can be a wide range of issues that you're experiencing. So yeah, it's so funny. I was sick for at least 20 years. When I was 15, I'm almost 53, actually. Next week, I'm turning 53. So by the time this launches, I will be 53. So anyway, when I was 15 years old, so a long time ago, I had really nasty iron deficiency. And I took iron up the wazoo and didn't do squat. And I also had reactions to peppers, garlic, and oranges. Those are the three foods I could identify. This is back in the 1980s when nobody's talking about this stuff. And I could not eat those foods because I got searing stomach pains. Okay, none of that's related to gluten, except that I, by the time I was in my 20s, I had bloating, terrible gas, Renee, like room clearing gas that I literally just thought everyone else had a better cork than I did. I had constipation. Sometimes I would have diarrhea. You know, it was like a free-for-all. You get what you get. I had brain fog. I was wasting. I had tons of nutrient deficiencies. So when I actually got blood drawn, I had vitamin D deficiency, B12, folate deficiency, iron deficiency. I had all these nutrient deficiencies. And that's a hallmark of celiac because you don't absorb. And, you know, people don't think about wasting or being overweight as a sign of celiac. But because you're not absorbing your minerals and nutrients, you're either going to waste or you're going to hold on to everything in the hopes that you'll get something that would be useful. So yeah, I didn't have osteoporosis, but that's another hallmark of celiac because when you don't have the minerals and nutrients, you can't make the bone. So that's a hallmark. My dad has celiac and he was diagnosed in his 50s because he was rollerblading with my brothers who were a little bit younger than me and he fell and he broke a hip. And 50-year-old men do not break their hips. So they were like, what's going on here? So they looked, he had osteoporosis. And then they said, well, what's the cause of osteoporosis? Celiac. So he was diagnosed in his 50s. So yeah, I always recommend testing for celiac because it's the only autoimmune disease that's directly fixable by elimination of one food, one category of food. So is it just a simple blood test? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I never actually... So technically, you should get a biopsy of your an endoscopy. Technically, you should. When I got my labs done by my husband's mentor, my labs were off the chart. Like every every autoimmune level, everything was off the charts. And I had every clinical sign of celiac. And my dad had celiac. And I was like, what am I going to do differently here, people? So I never ended up having the biopsy. You should have the biopsy. For some people, they really need to know that they have celiac and not just on the spectrum of autoimmune disease. But to me, it's indistinguishable. You know, if you have gut issues and elimination of gluten gets rid of it, you definitely want to be tested for celiac. Hmm. And so, you know, the allergy testing that they do where they like pick your skin and put stuff on it. So if somebody had celiac... Would that show up on that kind of test? No, because it's a different immune pathway. Ah. So we're talking about what you're testing there is IgE response. That's that's the histamine response. That's are you going to stop breathing? But the gluten response is an autoimmune reaction, and that's not mediated by the IgE pathway. So no, it won't show up unless when you eat gluten, you stop breathing. But if that happens, you're not eating gluten anyway. Right. And so can celiac disease be tested in children? Yes. Actually, in Italy, they test all kids when they hit five because it's so prevalent. Okay. I'm so happy you mentioned Italy because 
I, this is my whole thing. If I eliminate gluten, I feel much better. That's just like a known thing. But for me, when I start reintroducing it, I don't necessarily get those symptoms back for a little while. And I always explain it to people as, I think it has to build up in my system for it to have effects, like the bloating, the gas, like all that stuff. I lived in Italy for three months, and all I ate was pasta and pizza, never had an issue. The gluten is different in Italy. In Europe, actually, the gluten is different. Yeah. They don't allow as many pesticides. It hasn't been hybridized. So back in the 1950s, there were food shortages. So the scientists were scrambling to find ways to make the wheat grow faster. So they, they, it's not genetically modified per se. They haven't introduced or taken out genes, but they've hybridized it, which means they specifically bred it so that it would grow faster, be drought resistant not fall over when it gets too tall. But when they did that, they multiplied the gluten content. So it's more allergenic than it was 100 years ago. So yeah, definitely other countries you tend to do better. And it can be, and it's not so much that it accumulates in your body as your body gets primed to continue to respond. And then you cross your line and you start to have the discomfort. So I'm a huge fan of test, don't guess, largely because when you're looking at reproducing, it's a genetic issue. There's a very small portion of people who can get celiac without having the genes, but it's crazy small. Normally, if you have celiac, you have the genes and they pass to your offspring 50-50 chance. So if you have the genes and you have celiac, you want to know so that you might not feed your kids gluten. You might minimize it. In fact, when I got diagnosed with celiac, I said, I'm not going to have gluten in my home because there has to be one safe place in the world where I'm not excluded. So I, and my husband's very supportive. So we got rid of gluten in the home, but I had two young children at the time. I was diagnosed when my second was just born. She was a newborn. So fast forward, they go to daycare and daycare has the worst food, literally like bright green cookies for St. Patty's day and just ridiculous stuff. So my kids were two and four and they had gotten gluten at daycare, not, not, I didn't feed it to them, but they got it at daycare and my in-laws would give it to them. We go out to dinner with my mom and, and her husband at the time. And I knew that the, the sauce on the rice had gluten because that's how you thicken things. You add wheat to it. Okay. So I don't eat the rice with the sauce. My kids eat the rice with the sauce. And we, it was like a 15 minute drive. By the time we got home, Renee, they were both like, Oh, my stomach hurts. My stomach hurts. So they both run into the bathroom. Remember they're little. And they're both back-to-back on the toilet having diarrhea. Oh! I looked at my husband, and he looked at me, and I was like, they're sensitive to gluten. So we didn't test them for celiac, and we should have because they're now 17 and 19, and they're still crazy sensitive to gluten. So I say to them, just consider yourself a celiac because my father and my brothers both have celiac. My cousins all have gluten sensitivity. It's a particularly nasty gene that we inherited. So just consider yourself as having celiac. So for people who are listening who hear the term functional medicine and they're not sure what that even means, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I think they named it as a rip on traditional medicine that's so dysfunctional. That's what I think, but I don't know for sure. But functional medicine takes the, the approach that you are not deficient in medications. 
you might be nutrient or mineral deficient. You might be eating something that's not working for you or living in a way that's not working for you. But functional medicine looks to get understanding of what is going on and then fix the real problem, not fix the symptom of the problem. The root cause. The root cause. Interesting. And so how does one become a functional medicine practitioner? Yeah, I think you have to philosophically believe that you're you're not deficient in medications, right? Nobody showed up in my office deficient in a high blood pressure medication. Not happening. So so I think you need to believe first off that that there's a different way and that we lost our way and now it's time to get back to basics. So that's the first and then you practice, right? So it it is a branch of medicine. It has its own training program, it has its own practice. And so you essentially take classes, dip your toe in, test a patient for something, see the impact, do a little bit more, experiment on yourself. We have currently five medical providers in our practice. So it's it's a good size practice, like 24, 25 employees. And so we only do functional medicine. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Milo used to always want pancakes or waffles in the mornings, and now he is getting into cereal, and I'm so excited because Magic Spoon is the perfect option. Their variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of carbs per serving. They're made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and I'm just so happy that he's getting a good amount of protein before he goes off to school. And it's a great snack for me and my husband too, because 13 to 14 grams of protein in the cereal, now you add a high protein milk, you're set. That is such a high protein snack or meal. I should also mention that it is gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash momroom to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momroom at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash momroom and use the code momroom to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. It is 2024. As busy parents, it's hard to completely overhaul our lives, but what we can do is make small changes that will make our lives easier. And that is where Little Spoon comes in. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Little Spoon offers baby blends, biteables, and plates. So baby blends is fresh, organic baby food. They have single ingredients, but also multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. 
Biteables make the transition to finger foods easy because they are cut perfectly to size, which promotes self-feeding. And of course, all the Biteables are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. And then there are plates for your toddlers and your bigger kids. They are meals that are free of all the bad stuff. They taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. They have things like hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous things like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. Little Spoon also has smoothies and build-it-yourself lunches. Did I mention it all comes right to your door? It is super flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. You can pick up the menu and change up what you order every single time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You and your kids will love it. It's a huge win-win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. So I want to talk a little bit about toxins. I feel like, you know, we hear the term a lot, but maybe we don't necessarily know what that even means. What is a toxin and what are some things that would be in our environment that are toxins that we wouldn't even necessarily consider to be a toxin? Okay, this is the horrifying part of the conversation, just for the listeners, right? There's nothing dirty or I'm not going to swear, but you know, this is the part where you're like, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) So let's use the terms interchangeably. Toxin, toxicant, anything that causes you harm or dysfunction. So I say it like that because we all have somewhere between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. And your thoughts can be toxic for you. So I don't want to limit it to it's only the things I'm about to talk about. It's also the way you think. And are you sleeping enough? And are you eating food that's not working for you? Are you spending time with people who are toxic for you? It's your whole life. But the things when we talk about toxins, what any person in their daily life is exposed to falls into three categories. There's the toxins in what you put in your body deliberately, your food, your alcohol, your water, your single-use plastic water bottles that mess up your endocrine system, the artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, herbicides, pesticides, insecticides. You put them in your mouth when you eat and drink. So that's that's the first way you can get exposed. Then there's the second way you can get exposed, which is all the stuff as women and men, but particularly women, that we put on our bodies. Head to toe. Do we color our hair? Do we, what product are we using to wash and condition? What do we use to style our hair? Then what serums are we using on our face and what makeup are we using? Is our clothes dry cleaned? That's formaldehyde. Those chemicals often are are known to be endocrine disrupting, again, back with the plastic water bottles and these things, they mess up your thyroid, your adrenals, your female and male hormones. And then the third category is all that other stuff. That is, what kind of bed are you sleeping on? Is there a flame retardant? Is there a plastic liner? Are you burning scented candles that have more endocrine disrupting chemicals inside them? Do you do home construction or did you do something to your home and you used a paint that had volatile organic compounds? Do you pump your own gas if you have a gas-powered car? Do you live in the flight path from an airline? What do you clean your house with? All of those things can be extremely toxic for us. 
And I haven't even gotten into furniture. You know, furniture has, vegan leather is really all the rage, but vegan leather is plastic, Renee, right? So when you sit on plastic, that's endocrine disrupting. So there's lots of ways. And then air and water quality are tremendous. Alcohol is tremendous. So there's a ton of ways that we get exposed to things that mess us up. And it's essentially like, think of it like filling a rain barrel. You might not have symptoms right at the beginning, but you develop them when your body can no longer deal with what's going on for it. Right. I saw one of your reels that was talking about, you know, as we get older, we start to experience all these problems. And you were saying it's not necessarily that you're getting older. It's that your body is now full of exposure. Like you've been exposed for so long to so many things. And I would say that that's kind of the epitome of functional medicine thinking, which is you don't get sick because you're getting older. You get sick because as you get older, you get deluged and accumulate all of these toxins and those make you sick. And that's why you get autoimmune disease, degenerative disease, cancer, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, metabolic disease. PCOS does go into that. So obviously the goal shouldn't be for people to, like, we're, we're not going to be able to live a life that's completely free of toxins. That's impossible. So is the goal for people to just be educated on this topic and then start to eliminate as much they can? I think what you want to take, the stance you want to take is perfection is a misnomer. You're never going to be perfect. And it's so hard, right? If you're the mom of young children you're just trying to keep your nose above the water. So this is conversation is for everyone who is just like, oh, I just need you know a little bit more sleep. And so basically you're never going to be perfect. That's not the goal. The goal is to reduce the toxins that you're getting exposed to enough that your body can deal with the rest because your body is meant to be self-cleaning. Your body wants to do this. But if it's deluged, and I think it's important to talk about that most toxins go through the same pathway. And they what they most toxins are fat soluble. Our bodies are water soluble, right? Pee, poop, and sweat are all water soluble. And those are the main ways we get rid of toxins. But you if you've ever tried to make a salad dressing with oil and, and lemon, you can't mix them together. They don't mix. So you have to get that fat soluble toxin processed through the liver in two phases. And then you can pee, poop, or sweat it out. So the goal is just get less, right? Don't be perfect, but but alcohol is a huge toxin. Alcohol shuts down all your other detox because it'll kill you and your body knows it. So when you're detoxing alcohol, you're not detoxing those other 50,000 chemicals I just alluded to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting and horrifying, right? So if there's one thing you remember from this conversation or two things, I would say... Minimize or eliminate your alcohol because it messes up your system so badly. And two, everybody eats every day. So start with your food because it's a huge area of improvement, especially if you're the mom of young children. You have young humans who rely on you. So the better quality you put in your body, the better it's going to feel, the more you're going to function and the more energy you'll have. I'll never forget. I played volleyball my whole life. And I remember one of my coaches like sitting down the team and he started this meeting by saying, alcohol is poison. And we were all like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and I'll never forget that. Every time I like see alcohol or drink it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's poison. <laughs> it is poison. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's why it has the effect that it does on your body, you know? 
So let's talk a little bit about toxins and inflammation. So I'm obsessed with the topic of inflammation. Even right now, like I'm fighting a sinus infection. And so I'm like cutting out everything that can promote inflammation, like extra sugars, like gluten, dairy, all the stuff. I don't know that people actually understand what inflammation is in the body. Like when I hear inflammation, I'm like, okay, things getting inflamed. But like inside of our bodies, what does inflammation actually look like? What does it do? Yeah, so you're talking about you're talking about the effect of inflammation on one system. So inflammation is imbalance. Inflammation is overload. Inflammation is challenge. And your body, I mean the body's magical and it has a kind of set number of things it can do. So it if it's exposed to something that's irritating, it can either it can at a cellular level you have inflammation and that looks like cytokines it looks like C reactive protein these these indicators go up but you don't you don't wake up and go oh my my cytokines are high today uh-huh. no. you wake up and you go oh i don't feel well today i feel sluggish or my allergies are bothering me or my gut's bothering me i'm constipated or i have diarrhea or my periods are off or I'm bloated. You you notice the clinical effects of inflammation. And so basically, if you wake up and you are in perfect health, literally everything is working optimally, then your inflammation's low. But how many of us are there, right? You know, we we have we have issues, man. So so when we have those issues, that's your sign that you have inflammation. Okay? Because if you didn't have inflammation, you would have no issues. Does that make sense? I mean, it's kind of very simplified. Are you a fan of castor oil? I am. Okay. I'm a fan of everything, Renee, okay? Okay, I me really too. feel like you're not going to harm yourself, especially if you're putting a castor oil pack on your body. I took castor oil when I wanted to go into labor with my kids, had a good clean out. It won't work. It won't do anything if you're not ready. But if you're ready, it'll irritate the uterus enough that it'll start contracting. So, so I did that. I'm not recommending it. Okay, it's not medical advice, but I did it myself. And when I did it, I just had a good, good clean out for diarrhea on the first time I tried it. And then same kid a couple days later tried it again. It kicked me into labor. So I love castor oil. Yeah, I feel like, so I discovered it recently and I suffer from constipation all the time. So I'm always doing whatever I can to get that sorted. And so my nighttime routine for a while was eat two kiwis, do the castor oil on my stomach, like massage my stomach with the castor oil, put a heating pad on for like while I'm watching TV and drink a peppermint tea. And it was like life-changing. It's magical, right? Yes. It's, it's a little bit messy, <laughs> but no, I couldn't believe how effective it was. And I was like, how are more people not talking about castor oil? And then a lot of people, again, on Instagram and my DMs were saying, it's really good also for, because I get ovulation pain, I get period cramps, and really something that is common among women who have had children a few years later, really heavy periods, like really heavy And I know you talked about this on your Instagram because I wrote it down. I was like, oh my God, like this is what I'm experiencing right now. Like debilitatingly heavy periods to the point where I can't go out shopping because like I need to be near a bathroom every like half hour. It's wild. It's a waterworks. Yeah. Never in my life have I 
bled through like a tampon or anything. And now it's like regular basis. I would recommend a cup because that'll hold a bigger amount. I tried the disc. I couldn't get it in properly, but that's my next my next thing Keep I'm going to try. It's it's like we I don't know if you remember trying to use tampons like, you know, a long time ago. It's not usually the first try when you get it. You kind of have to practice it. So definitely practice it. And they do they make different cups based on whether you've had a vaginal delivery or you haven't. So you're going to want to get a slightly wider one, often wider and a little bit sh- squatter just because if you've had a vaginal delivery, it's laxer down there. So anyway, so when you talk, Renee, what I hear is, oh, you'd really benefit from a functional medicine consult because <laughs> all that stuff is fixable, right? And, and it just indicates something's out of balance and it's all the same issue. The gut, the menstrual things, the, that's exact, the vagina, the gut, and all menstrual things are, are all the same problem, same imbalance. I do see a naturopath. So what I struggle with is I struggle with digestion, like constipation, and then I struggle with the periods now. And hormonally, like, it's like there's two things. Like, I can eat for my digestion and be super focused on that and do the castor oil packs and do the peppermint tea and all that stuff. But then there's also, like, the eating and the stuff to do for the periods and I just find it like it's a lot. You know, I'm I'm busy. I have a little kid. It's hard for me to spend a lot of time like planning meals, prepping meals, making sure I'm eating properly, doing the castor oil packs in the evening. Like it just is a lot. So I like, you know, I, I do my best, but I totally agree with you. I need to go get like the blood work and do like figure out the root cause. I, I really would. And and the thing for the listeners is that the things that help your energy and your gut health also help your periods. It takes a while. So, you know, there's that ramp ramp up or ramp down, however you want to look at it. But there's a ramp where you have to retrain the gut and retrain the body. But your your periods are just a just a microcosm of what's happening in your gut. You know, so women who come in with vaginitis or BV or yeast or something, and I'm like, oh, well, let's look at your gut. They're like, no, my vagina is bothering me. Like, I know, I know, I know. But we have to go upstream because the gut runs everything. Yeah. And I also think the majority of people have gut issues and do not have healthy poops every day. And like you were saying, pooping is how one of the ways we eliminate toxins from our body. Let's talk about hormones, please. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm a huge fan of having this conversation. So you have to understand the mechanics of what's happening. So remember how I said that hormone, I'm sorry, toxins are fat soluble. They go to the liver, there's two phases, and then you pee, poop, or sweat. Okay, hormones are fat soluble, and they go through the same process in the liver. Phase one takes that hormone and every other substance and makes it more toxic, makes it a free radical. Super toxic, super inflammatory. You either have to store it or you have to move it on to phase two, which is the binding phase. Okay, let's presume you have your estrogen, you go through phase one, you go right into phase two, and you bind it. There's six pathways you go down in phase two, but the hormones use three. So you've bound the hormone, you've made it inert and water-soluble, and now you poop it out. That's your preferred pathway. So you stick it in your gut, now you're constipated, and it sits there. I always think of it like a barbell. So here's your little hormone, and here's the the binder, and they're stuck together. Now, when they're sitting in your gut waiting to be pooped out, there's an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. It comes through, and it separates the hormone from the binder. Now, the binder's inert. 
But the hormone becomes back to that free radical form. It's no longer fat-soluble. It goes back in your bloodstream. It's now highly reactive estrogen. This is estrogen dominance. This is heavy periods. This is clotty periods. This is severe PMS, breast tenderness. This is the reason that women, because now that you've had kids and you're running around after all these little humans and they're driving you nuts and you're maybe not eating properly and maybe you're not sleeping enough and don't hear this like you're bad and wrong. You're not. You're human. You're just doing your best as a human and, and your body's screaming, you know, help me please because it can't keep up. So... When you back up, you go, okay, you have to poop regularly so that that hormone's not sitting, waiting to be disconnected and then recycled, because then your liver has to deal with it again, by the way, or you store it in the fat. That fat gets angry fat. Angry fat is inflammatory. So you want to make sure you process that hormone and get it out by supporting the liver and supporting the gut, avoiding gluten. My favorite things for con- for this, we actually custom formulated something because we were like, everybody has this. Nobody poops properly. Everybody has estrogen dominance. How do you know? Breast cancer, uterine cancer, fibroids, heavy periods, bad PMS. This is estrogen dominance. We want to fix this. So you want to support the liver, inhibit that enzyme, and then promote movement in the gut. There you go. Boom. So really important to... to Deal with constipation. Constipation is the root of all evil, basically. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry. It's like there's an opportunity here, though, right? I know. It's horrifying, but there's an opportunity. It just blows my mind how everything is connected. We're totally connected. Yeah. Everything is connected. So if somebody is struggling with their periods, what do you recommend they do? Because I know a lot of listeners struggle with heavy periods and the symptoms that I mentioned. Is it like, what are you doing? Are you going to get your hormones tested? Like, are you focusing on something else? So it depends where people are, Renee. So if you live, we're in Massachusetts. If you live in New England, come see me, right? You know, like, let's handle this in person. But if you're not in Massachusetts and you're maybe in Idaho or Missouri or you're kind of far away, then I would say, okay, then I recommend starting with three things. One, Decrease foods that you know irritate you. So the top foods that lead to constipation, gluten, dairy, sugar. Those are the nasty ones. Sugar's the devil, man. So those are the nasty foods. Get rid of the nasty foods. Don't serve it to your kids even. Just be like, I'm sorry, we don't eat that. There's lots of substitutes. So substitute out, minimize the sugar, decrease or eliminate gluten, and decrease or eliminate dairy because those are the nasty ones. Or do an elimination to see what are you actually reacting to. That's one. Two, get some magnesium on board so that you're moving, right? Magnesium is magic. You can't take too much. You'll have diarrhea if you take too much. If you have constipation and you have diarrhea, you'd be so happy. You'd be like, yay. Just take less if you have diarrhea, okay? Okay, so what kind of magnesium? Because there's so many different kinds. Great question. Okay, so some people are really sensitive, and the taurate and glycinate will impact their gut function. But most people, what I recommend is, is citrate because the citrate form pulls water into the gut and makes it contract. This is for constipation? For constipation. So I recommend, and you can take, a, you know, just what I recommend is separate it during the day. So don't take all of it at once. Try taking some in the morning and some at night until you find your sweet spot. So for example, like yesterday I took too much mag and I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to repeat that process today. So instead of taking the same dose, I cut it down by 25%. 
you know, it's almost sometimes feast or famine. If you have diarrhea, then you'll be tempted to take way less and then you get constipated again. So I say kind of play with it and titrate it. If you're more stressed, you're going to need more mag because you use magnesium for a ton of electrical impulses and, and, and reactions through your body. Every millisecond, you're using magnesium. So most of us are mag deficient. So my favorite is citrate, but we have one that's citrate, taurate, and glycinate together. Mag 3N8 does not cross the blood brain, uh, does cross the blood brain barrier and is for brain fog and, and difficulty thinking. It's not as good for gut. You know, it's not bad. It's just not as good for constipation. And then the third leg of that, so you've eliminated the foods that are tweaking your gut. You add in the mag so that you can move. And then the third component of that is get your hormones in balance. It's great to test if you can, but again, if you're in East Timbuktu, what you just start with is, okay, the two supplements that I call the dream team are Estrobal Complete and Fembal. And those two together, there's a little bit of overlap, but those two within three to six months, women notice their periods are back to like not horrific. Is that a daily thing? It's daily. So you take it daily. And it's just like a capsule? It's just capsules and it helps with PMS and it helps with heavy periods, clotty periods, irre- irregular periods where you, you're like, I don't know when it's coming. It helps just make things normal. And, it's, and, and it helps prevent that. Remember, I talked about in the gut, you have to bind it. It supports that for hormones. And then in the, I'm sorry, in the liver, you want to bind it. And in the gut, you don't want to separate it. So it has the components to keep those two processes intact also. So I, I like those. I take, I take the Estrobal Complete because in menopause, you want to make sure you process your hormones properly. So I don't want to recycle toxic hormones any more than you do. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So listeners of the podcast, most have little kids. If someone's listening right now and they're like, like, I want to start on this journey of like trying to eliminate toxins in the home as best I can. And I think the key is like, don't listen to this and get paralyzed and be like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. You can make small changes. Like I make small changes all the time and then it just becomes the norm. Like I, my husband used to love those little scented beads that you put in the washing machine. I threw them all in the garbage. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan of fragrance. Like, I have completely eliminated fragrance from our house. I just don't like it. So don't get overwhelmed. But if, if people are listening and they're like, what are some things that I can do? Number one, throw out the scented beads. <laughs> yeah, anything that's artificially scented has the endocrine disrupting chemicals in them. So you want to get rid of those. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. You really hit something on something magical, Renee. Small change makes big impact. You know, if you make a small change every week, at the end of the year, you've made over 50 changes. You know, there's, there's no other sort of system where you could go, yeah, I, I transformed 50 things. So what I recommend is, one, don't panic. You just want to move the needle in the right direction, and it's not always going to go in the right direction. We went to Peru. In Peru, there's no clean water. You cannot drink from the water. 
And so everybody drinks from plastic water bottles. I don't drink from plastic water bottles because they're endocrine disrupting. But I did for two weeks in Peru. Felt like I was going to hell. So, right, life is up and down. And so it's not, a, it's not always going to be straight line up. So don't panic. When you're running out of something, that's the time you're going to want to make a change. So meaning... If you're thinking to yourself, oh, I really need to buy laundry detergent. Well, great. Today's the day to level up and look for something that the Environmental Working Group classifies as highly clean. Or, hey, I do need to buy more water. Okay, what can you buy it in? Can you buy a countertop filter that will take the place of all those water bottles in the case that you schlep home every week? Or when you're running out of your makeup, that's the time to look it up and level up. In the moment, you unless you have unlimited funds and a couple of personal assistants who are going to deal with it for you, I would not recommend just clean sweep and saying, that's it, we're throwing everything out. It's not only super expensive, it's stressful. And then when you're stressed, you shut down your detox. So don't do that. Just go one at a time. So are there dry cleaners that are green? There are dry cleaners who say they're green. Oh, okay. I was so excited. I saw the, the clean dry cleaner about... 10 minutes from my house and we've been using someone who I'm not happy with. And so I called them and I was like, what are you using to clean your clothes? And they rhapsodized about how it was so clean. I'm like, okay, what's the actual thing? So they tell it to me. I look it up. It's formaldehyde. It's just a derivative of formaldehyde. Okay. Well, formaldehyde is still formaldehyde. It's still not good for me, even though it's in a different form. It's still formaldehyde, so it is not, it just doesn't have the length of data against it that straight up formaldehyde does. So I just stopped dry cleaning my clothes, honestly. I don't dry clean them. Does bread have formaldehyde in it? Bread? It shouldn't. Why did I always think that growing up? Like, you know when you smell bread and it has like that smell if it's not fresh? Yeah, it can have preservatives in it, but it's not formaldehyde. And in fact, last week the FDA announced that they were going to be restricting the use of formaldehyde in hair straighteners. So there are hair, hair straightening products that use formaldehyde still in 2023. That's the stuff they put in you when you're dead. So no, bread should not, but bread does have really high levels of glyphosate and, and most grains are moldy. So because, you know, think of it, they, they thresh it and it all goes in this big fat pile and it's moist. And so mold grows in your grains. So grains are extremely moldy. Coffee, dried fruits, wine, these are all very moldy and very highly pesticide sprayed and nasty for you. So try to eliminate those. That was another thing in Italy was I would buy bread to eat with dinner. Italy was like I had to go to the grocery store every day because things go bad by the next day. Good. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Oh, gosh. Okay. A little bit about plastic. I have become so aware. I think I saw a TikTok or heard someone talking about how plastic, like even when you get a to-go coffee, the lining of the cup on the inside is plastic. There's like a plastic lining, so obviously, so it doesn't get the cardboard all wet. And so you're basically putting like boiling water against a plastic lining. And so I've just, since I realized that I'm noticing everything it's like you go to get you can't unsee it Renee right I know you go to get like a roasted chicken at the at the grocery store and I'm like oh my god it's like on a burning hot plate it's like 
a burning hot chicken in a plastic container. Yeah, you can't unsee it. And I will say the things that say Tetra Pak on them, if you flip your water or your coconut water or whatever in the, in the cardboard and flip it over, it'll say Tetra Pak. That's also lined. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really challenging. So that's why it's important to remember you're never going to be perfect. What you want to be is better than you were. Just keep improving. A little bit about water, because I also had this experience where we went to Switzerland recently for eight days. And my hair never felt better. The little bumps on the back of my arm went away completely. And we were complaining because you go to a restaurant and they charge you like $5 for a tap water. But now I get it. I'm like, oh, it was worth it because clearly the water is incredible. Came home, went to go drink water from our tap. It was so gross. Like the taste of it versus in Switzerland. So what are your thoughts on tap water? Do you drink tap water? So, okay, let's back up a step. In 1989, there was a study in Massachusetts, where I'm from, that, that tracked up to 50% of deaths to air, air quality, and one in every six deaths to air or water quality. What we're breathing in and what we're drinking is so impactful for us. So I've gone through a real, I mean, I kind of glossed over how sick I was, but I was really sick, Renee. And I went to work because I had to and because we're self-employed, but I was really ill. And so once I figured out that I had been essentially drowning in toxins, I've been spending the last four years systematically peeling it off. And so one of the things that we did do, we live in a municipality and we tested our water and it looked pretty good. And the municipality tests the water, and we specifically personally tested the water. It looked okay. But I said to my husband, air and water quality, man, these are really important. So we put in a whole house water filter. And whole house water filters do not do reverse osmosis, because otherwise you would have, you know, just like a drip drip for your faucet, because it would kill the water, water pressure. But we did it for particulate matter and to, to get rid of just anything we could, okay? So... We thought we had pretty good water. We put this in, and the water quality changed when we put this filter in. It felt silky. We didn't add anything. We simply filtered out the stuff, thinking we had pretty good water anyway. So I'm a huge fan of filtering your water, even if you think it's good, because what we noticed was not only did the taste change, but the quality changed. The producer of the water filter, we use an Aquasana water filter in our home, and they said, okay, you need to change the pre-filter once a year and the big filter every two years. Well, guess what? <laughs> it doesn't last that long. And it's, no, it's not a slam on them. It's a slam on that there's so much more particulate matter and things in our water than we could ever imagine that these filters are filled much faster than expected. So I'm a huge fan of that. We also put in a charcoal filter at the kitchen sink where we, you know, do, I said to my husband, next time we're putting a pot filler with a filter on it. We don't have a pot filler or a filter on the pot filler because we don't have a pot filler. But next right. time we ever redo our kitchen, we're going to put a pot filler with a changeable filter on it. And then we're redoing our bathroom within the month and we're going to be putting a reverse osmosis filter in the bathroom. Or a charcoal, depending. I'm not sure which one. It depends on what's going to fit. But we are going to put a filter into the bathroom because those are the two places we drink from. Now, I said to my kids, 
yeah, I'd prefer that you go downstairs and fill your fill your water bottle from the filtered one, but the whole house is filtered, so it's already a step up. And so I do believe in doing your best and and don't make yourself crazy. Right. Right? Like if you don't have bandwidth for it, don't think about it right now. Deal with it later. Yeah. Totally. I totally agree. It's just I've been on this like water kick lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you should be. You know, it's so funny. Yeah. I, I discovered hydrogen water, and I was like, oh, I want to get it. So it arrives at my house. It's in plastic. I'm like, I'm not drinking that. As good as hydrogen water. So now we're looking at what are other ways we can do hydrogen water that don't involve a plastic water bottle. I throw it out. I'm not having that. You know, I throw stuff out all the time, and I throw out. My kids came home from camp with the hard-sided, the Nalgene plastic water bottles, and they're hard. But they're still plastic. And my husband's like, but we're going to go camping. I'm like, first of all, you go camping once a year. And second of all, we have stainless steel water bottles that are about the same heaviness and don't give you the chemicals. And the kids drink from it every day and you drink from it once a year and I'm not having it. So I threw it out. And my husband was so horrified. He's like, how could you? He's an immigrant, right? He grew up with no money, no furniture when he first came to America. He remembers those days. So it's hard for him to throw stuff out. And I'm, I feel like I don't, I don't really want to be contributing to the landfills, but on the other hand, if it's not serving me, why do I hold on to it? Yep, I completely agree. So I thought we could end with you telling us about your book, Dirty Girl, and if people picked it up and read it, what kinds of information, like what's in your book, and who did you write it for? I wrote it for every human who lives on this earth and is getting overloaded with toxins and doesn't know it. I, so everybody? <laughs> I, I was a po- Yeah, if you live on this earth, it's meant for you. I was the poster child for healthy living. And when I got so sick, I was like, come on, man. I am the poster child for healthy living. Why do I have all these issues? Look, we've been eating organic, exercising, managing stress. I don't have a lot of toxic people in my life. Like, I, I really have a great life. And how am I so sick? So it's meant for every human who I don't want them to go through what I went through. Because it was awful. And it's meant to be a roadmap so that you can systematically start to peel off the ways that you're getting chemical exposures, food food issues, alcohol, makeup, cleaning products. It's meant to systematically clean that out of your life. Again, you're not going to be perfect, but you want to be better so that your liver can deal with it. So it's called Dirty Girl. Ditch the toxins. Look great and feel freaking amazing. And the easiest place to get it is off of Amazon, but I, I do highly recommend if you're going to get it not to just look for Dirty Girl because that might not get you uh, the book, <laughs> right? You're going to get something other than the book if you go for just So Dirty don't Girl. just Google that? <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to hit the, the filters for some of those things. So do Dirty Girl Trubo, which is my name, or Dirty Girl Detox book. It's bright yellow. You can't miss it. And we actually have, for the listeners, if you want to read chapter one and because you're not sure you want to buy the book, Chapter one of the book, a quiz to see how toxic you are, as well as a non-toxic guide to healthy living, is all on our site at drwendy.com forward slash gift. And that way you can get started, right? Just be in the game. Don't stop being in the game, whatever way you can. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was, I feel like I could talk to you all day about all these different topics. It's so interesting to me. And yeah, listeners, don't get overwhelmed. Just, you know, absorb the information and do what you can. And that's it. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me on.